following sermon podcast is a glimpse into the community of Central Bible Church, where we strive to welcome everyone into Jesus' life. We hope that you can join us for this Sunday service as we gather together seeking to live in and for Christ. continue in our worship now with the reading of the word and if you were here last week I had 52 verses to recite to you but you can rest I only have five today so don't stress Um, our passage today is Psalm 139 verses 13 through 17 for you made my mind and heart you wove me together in my mother's womb I will give you thanks because your deeds are awesome and amazing. You knew me thoroughly. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret and sewed together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me when I was inside the womb. All the days of my life laid out for me. They were recorded in your book before even one of them was lived. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Mackenzie. Good morning, everybody. And happy Mother's Day. What a day. And it is a pretty day. Goodness, I love it. I love coming out of the Pacific Northwest winter, and I realized that I've been depressed for six months. (laughs) And at the end of those six months, I think, what is going on with me? And then the sun comes out, and I say, well, that's part of it. Mother's Day. I want to start with a story. We're jumping out of, we've been in a series on Acts for a long time. Today, I wanted to take a break and go into a thought process with you about being born, about moms. So, uh, and, and I'm an expert at that as a dude, so I figured I'd start with a story about three dudes and the kids. <laughs> I was just behind uh, this building in Scruggs when I was a student, and I had two friends, Patrick and Aaron. We were going to meet to study. Aaron was late. Aaron was a great guy, very patient, very calm. He had three kids and they were back-to-back in years, so one-year-old, two-year-old, and a three-year-old. And he loved his children and spoke highly about them often. But there Patrick and I are waiting. Where's Aaron? Where's Aaron at? Ten, fifteen minutes late, and he comes rolling in. He comes rolling in, out of breath. The red in his face is dissipating, and he says, My children are the worst. <laughs> and we say, Oh, geez. <laughs> How's it going, brother? There we are. He had, this, uh, he had this feeling that we all just chuckled about, which means we can relate to it at some point. And then, this morning, many of you, perhaps, opened little Crayola masterpieces covered in red hearts, and you looked at that little card and you said, man, my children, they're the best. They're the best. We have different reactions to children, and then we think about being moms, 
And boy, do we have different reactions to that. We think about the word mom or the concept of motherhood. My friend Jay told me once, Mother's Day is the hardest Sunday of the year to preach. Because when you say the word mom, every single person in the room is registering that word very differently. Some of you moms have not heard from your children in a very long time. Today is a painful, painful day. Some of you moms have heard from your children many times recently, and yet you long for something more than updates and weather reports. You wonder why the relationship with your own children is fractured and has become fragmented. Others who are not moms, we hear the word mother and we react differently. Some of us grew up with loving moms. Today is a beautiful, heartwarming day. Some of us grew up with cruel moms. Today is a hard day because it brings memories back. Some of us who are not moms are yet very strong and beautiful women who cannot have babies for some reason. Perhaps you're alone. Perhaps your body just isn't cooperating. And you're in that cruel and brutal process of trying to figure out why. Others have become pregnant and have gone through an abortion. Your interior life has been disrupted in unexpected ways. And it's leaving you asking questions you never thought you would ask before. And the whole concept of mom is just different now. Some of you have framed pictures that you still look at, perhaps old letters, maybe even handwritten, and they're all that you have left as a memory of your child. Today, then, would be a very difficult day. Others have longed for children their whole life, and now they have children, and they're thinking, I wanted these children my whole life, and now that I have these children, my life isn't what I expected it to be. Maybe you're even like my friend Aaron. These children are the worst. <laughs> Having children, being moms, all of this is a very emotional symbol. Our, our emotions are tightly tied to the symbol. And I think that because we're so emotionally tied and there's so many memories related to the word mom, sometimes that's about as far as we get. The word or the thought triggers our experience or emotions and then we don't get much beyond that. And that's my goal this morning. I'd like to think extremely deeply about the symbol of motherhood, what it means to be mother, what God is teaching us through the symbol of being a mom. That's my goal. What is a mother? And why does it matter to know? Those are the big driving questions today. What is a mother? And why does it matter to know? The answer is, a mother is a woman who has given birth to a child. You're welcome. That's the answer. <laughs> to close... I'd like to pray, <laughs> if the band could come up. 
Dear Jesus, thank you for helping me make my sermons shorter. Let's go. What is a mom? Why does it matter to know? I think that it is possible that the image of mother may very well be one of the best images that we have to show us the picture of God or the divine participating with humanity. When you think very carefully, when we really consider what a mother is, I think we get blasted with this truth that God is with us and that he is actively present. He's not absent. He's here. He's present. He's active. He's alive. Right now, this moment, the divine creator of all the cosmos is with you. It is possible that he is with you even more than you are with you. It is possible that he is closer to who you really are than even you are. In my life, I have learned, especially in the past few years, how far I am from my own self the things about myself that I have despised and not wanted to look at have created a brokenness between me and myself. I know that's a strange way to put it, but I think God sometimes is closer to me than even I am. He's willing to look at parts of me that I am not. I think that you'll see through this picture of motherhood that God's not just sitting still He's not just hanging out quietly and invisibly judging your behaviors and your beliefs. He's actively working with you, creating with you, participating with you, making you come alive for real. We've all been born in a certain sense. Everybody's here because of a mom. So God uses the language of being born again to talk about what happens when a human being chooses to become a part of the life of God. It's a choice to be reborn. A choice to be a Christian is a choice to be reborn. It's interesting, your first birth, it's not, it's not related to your choice. How many times have I said, I didn't ask for this. I never asked to be born. Here I am. It wasn't really up to me. But your second birth, being born again, involves your volition, your willpower, a syncing up of your will with God's will. So the second birth does include something different. You can't create yourself in the first place. You can't recreate yourself on your own. God is the creator. He has to join with you and you with him. being reborn, creating with God. I want to go back now to this phenomenal, probably somewhat familiar passage for many of us. I love these common Bible verses that we're often somewhat familiar with, and I like going back to them with you guys. I don't think we've done this one together. I like going back to them with fresh eyes and with new people. 
That's part of bearing witness in our world too, taking the people in your life to some of your favorite places in God's word. So that's what we're doing. Looking at this passage with fresh eyes, and I don't know that we have, we've seen all of it. So here we go. I want to look at the first verse. Certainly, he says, you made my mind and my heart. You wove me together. You formed me. You wove me together in my mother's womb. Try to enter that space with me, that moment. God himself, present, weaving, forming, molding, crafting, a masterpiece. Have you seen an artist at work? I remember watching my own mother. She was very into cross-stitching and smocking. She loved smocking dresses and cross-stitching, and I would sit there with the, and watch her with the thread and the needle and the magnifying glass with the light around it and just extreme careful weaving together of beautiful threads to make a picture. That's just threads on a piece of fabric. Imagine God weaving together deoxyribonucleic acid, your DNA. Imagine the intricacies of forming that. Imagine as he's forming your cornea in your eyeball, which to this day our best photography experts and technicians would kill to have the kind of tech in your eyeball. And God is weaving all that together. You're a piece of divinely engineered technology. You have electrical systems in your body. You have heating and cooling systems within your body, all of them working together in perfect harmony. And when one isn't, it's bad. God wove us together so intricately. Think about the antibodies you have in your blood, like little microscopic missile defense systems launching out to take out unhealth that comes into your body. Think about your consciousness, your consciousness. This is that recalcitrant obstacle to just raw atheism. We can get very materialistic on our outlook of life and the world, but one of the things that is extremely difficult to make sense with material is your consciousness. Are you conscious? You say, well, I reasonably so, I could use some more coffee, but I'm here. And then they say, how do you know you're conscious? What is the, on what basis do you know that? We start to enter into some profound mystery when you get into existence of a human being and how it came to pass. I think the psalmist, he acknowledges that our mind and our heart our consciousness, the heart in the Jewish mind is the seat of knowledge. This thing, he says, that you gave me, a mind and a way to know and understand, a consciousness, you built that in me. Tuck, could you throw that slide up with our Bible verse? I don't know if you, I hope you can read this. Certainly you made me. You wove me together in my mother's womb. I will give you thanks because your deeds are awesome and amazing. You knew me thoroughly. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret and sewed together in the depths of the earth. It's a picture of total 
darkness, if you will, total isolation, total aloneness, except none of that because God is with you. In the secret place, no other human being would ever be able to see or know about, there was God with you, knowing every intricate detail. Your eyes saw me. Another maybe idiomatic way of saying, you knew me. You saw me when I was inside the womb. All the days ordained for me were recorded in your scroll before one of them came to existence. How difficult it is to fathom your thoughts about me, O oh God. How vast is their sum total. It's phenomenal. This is an ancient poet way back, way back before any what we would look at a modern scientific method or anything like that. He hasn't seen a microscope or a telescope. He hasn't seen any of the studies. He wouldn't know what I was just talking about with DNA. And still, he can look at the body that you have and say, I'm literally, I'm a walking miracle of God himself. I have been conditioned to read this text and almost immediately focus all of my attention on God. I think that's pretty fair. Usually when you're reading the Bible and you focus your attention on God, you're on the right path. So that's a plus. I think it's right. But how did he weave me together? How can he know me more than I do? How can he know more about me than I do? This profound mystery has come to pass. God has created me and you out of nothingness, if you will. And yet, it says that he created us in our mother's womb. It's not quite like Genesis 1, ex nihilo, out of nothingness, is it? He has an actual space and a place that he's doing this creative work within. Where does he knit you together? In my mother's womb, it says. That part often slips right past me. My upbringing has taught me that the body is bad, or at least insignificant. That's why I struggle with weight so much. I've never been taught to take care of my body because I've been taught it doesn't really matter. It's just the dirty flesh. What matters is the spiritual things. So I move quickly past the fact that God built me in a womb, I've even been taught that it's kind of awkward to even say that or think about that. And yet the Bible is not very worried about that. It draws us into this thinking. Think about that. You were made in the human body, a carbon-based human body. God needed that womb to build you. The miracle woven into the whole notion of being a mother is that a mother is a partner with God in a creation project that cannot happen without the active human body. What are you talking about, 13? You're trying to say God can't make people out of thin air? I'm pretty sure he can. You know, whether or not God can or cannot make us out of thin air is kind of beside the point. I suppose that he can. 
Yes, Adam and Eve had a unique birthing experience, didn't they? It was less about doulas and breathing exercises and more about clay and ribs. I understand that. I think you could say that God himself was engaged in some breathing exercises at that moment. Hmm? Hmm? He breathed into their nostrils and they came alive. I think that was there. God himself gave birth to Adam and Eve from the earth. Verse 15 says, the psalmist, right, the poet is saying, I was made in secret and sewed together in the depths of the earth. I think our psalmist is reflecting on the fact that this is a divine weaving. Certainly it's tied to that first Adam and Eve weaving together, and yet this is different. Outside of those two, as far as I know, every subsequent human being has dealt with the womb. At some point, you know, dealt with as in started there. So that's everybody, including Jesus, the Messiah. God chose Mary to be the woman that he would participate with in creating the incarnate Son of God, Jesus of Nazareth. Woven together with divinity. Think about what this means, what's happening here. The infinite, ultimate being who does things that are, as it says in verse 14, amazing and awesome who is, as verse 17 says, unfathomable, unmeasurable. This God very literally enmeshes himself into his own creation. He becomes one with his creation without losing who he is. He doesn't change, but he does become one with his creation. Maybe it's like a husband and wife were told, become one flesh I've become one flesh with my wife, Allie, and yet I'm still Ben, and she's still Allie. There's a mystical union and a bond that has happened, and this happens to a creative capacity with the mother. Maybe this is the reason that God calls the church the bride of Christ. Maybe this is that unity Jesus hints at and speaks about and we see peppered throughout the Old Testament. Jesus prays in his high priestly prayer, may they become one with the Trinity. May they become one with us. He joins himself to our life and the conclusion there is we're not on our own. Many times in this last week have you felt alone, isolated? I have. These voices in this world consistently want to teach me something that's fake. I hear in so many ways that I'm alone and it's all up to me and I'm never enough. I think God, in the creative grace that he shows, says, but Ben, I'm with you and I made you and I'm with you and I'm still making you. You ever think about that? God is currently in the process of building you. He's making you right now, today. I'm going to get a little personal here. I hope you don't mind. I have, for a very long time now, by very long, I mean a year and a half or so, for a good bit of time, 
have been seeing a counselor. She's a faithful woman of God, knows the scriptures well. We spend time each week. And I sit there and I'm trying to process through some pain that I've been carrying since the early days of my life. I don't have words right now that can capture how grateful I am to her and her husband, both of whom have sort of teamed up to help me. One of the things that she does comes from a, a technique she used. I know very little about the counseling world. I'm learning a lot about it now. She uses something called lifespan integration. Some of you might have heard of EMDR counseling, and it's a little bit like that, but it doesn't have images or lights or anything like that. We're just talking. But the way that it works is that my first 18 years of life were very volatile and traumatic. And I, and, I, and I compartmentalized a lot of memories and things that happened as I was growing up. But they have still held a powerful sway deep inside of my being. And so her goal is to help me go all the way back to the beginning of my life and try to integrate these different parts of my life that have become very separate over time so I can be a whole person instead of just fragmented. And here's, I wanted to share with you how it starts. When I meet with her, sometimes we, we do this process. And it, it always begins this way. She'll have me sit in a chair and close my eyes and think, breathe for a little bit and try to settle my own soul. And she invites me to imagine when I first began, when God first started weaving me together. And here's what she says to me. It's pretty, it's not scripted, but you can tell she's done this a bunch of times. They're in the womb. She says, imagine that. It's hard to imagine, quite frankly, but there we are. She says, I want you to imagine one cell from your mom, one cell from your dad. They're joining together. And this is the kicker. God is present in that moment. And in that moment, you are surrounded by the love of God. As the cells join and begin to grow, she's saying this to me, God is with you, protecting and holding you. This is a moment where the overwhelming love of God is creatively working to bring you into existence. The first time that she did this with me, I started heaving and gasping for air. I almost vomited. Weeping, I started to weep. Snot everywhere, on my shirt, in my beard, snot in the, it was, <laughs> I'm just absolutely wrecked. Why am I wrecked by the thought that God was with me at that miraculous first moment of creation. My whole life, I have not really cared much for myself. I don't like me. I think I'm foolish and dumb. I don't think that the things I do are really that valuable to people. I self-deprecate on literally everything I ever do. Talk to anybody who knows me well and they'll say, yeah, that's, that's true about Ben. I think that I'm bad, and I think that I am my own. 
That's how I was just raised, both by my family, but also by the world. It's like one major thing that I know. I'm bad and I'm on my own. It's so core. And then you say, that's two things, Ben. I say, then I know three things. I'm bad, I'm on my own, and I'm no good at math. <laughs> and I never have been. But those thoughts are more integral to me than God created me because he loves me. Take that in for a moment. God weaving us together with divinity in our mother's very human body. Your mom and dad may have been married and maybe not. They may have really loved one another and they maybe didn't. But however their union came to pass, the overwhelming love of God was unstoppable in bringing you to life. That's a beautiful truth. You exist not only because of mom and dad, but because of mom and dad and God working together. This could be very helpful for those of you who have suffered divorce. They say that when mom and dad get divorced, the child is an identity crisis because we all know that we are the product of our mother and father's union. Now, when mom and dad are no longer unified, who are we? This is some of what I've had to go through in the past couple of years. My parents got divorced two years ago. And I didn't really think about it, but it calls us to think, gosh, where am I at? Well, that pain is real. I can't eradicate it for you. But perhaps you can say to yourself, if you have suffered, if your parents have divorced, you can say, but it wasn't my identity just because of mom and dad's union. It was their union plus the divine weaving work of God that brought me to bear. And so even if they split apart, my deep identity, the image of God printed into my soul, that has not been eradicated by any human failing. It's there. It's who you are. Infinitely valuable from the very first moment that God started to bring you to life. I invite you to remember Psalm 139 if you start to feel that way. It was not just human union. It was human union with the divine that created you and every single one of us. We can pull that slide down now, Tuck, if you don't mind. The deeper image, the core identity that forms the source of who you are, that is the divine God. It's his own image that we're created in. Oh, man, you can meditate on that for a week, probably for the rest of your life. Created in the image of the divine creator. And he doesn't do it because it's the right thing to do or because he's supposed to do it, right? He doesn't do it because he's holy and righteous. He creates you because he loves he creates you because he loves to give. That's grace, giving. He loves to give life. He loves to give love. That's why God built you. He chose to create you. Of all the things that an infinite God could build, 
Give me infinite creative power right now. I'm probably not going to make a bunch of people. I'm going to make a spaceship for sure. Me and Wesley are going to tour the cosmos. I'm going to make some kind of awesome whatever. God chose to make people to create human beings. He chose specifically. This is really hard to believe. It's easy to talk about. Think to yourself in your heart of hearts. God, the infinite divine creator, wanted to make me. He wanted to make me because he loves me. He knows me in a way I don't even know myself. And as he gave you that life, he was with you. As the book of Hebrews says, he sustains all that he's created, which means that he has always been with you. He is fully, intimately, beautifully with you now. And through all of the abuse that you have suffered, and I know for a fact that many of us sitting in this room have suffered vile, vitriolic, unbelievably painful abuse. Through all of that abuse, through all of the loss and the pain and the hopelessness that you have felt and experienced, all of that wretched hate that you feel inside of yourself and don't want to look at because you can't believe that you would actually have that much hatred inside of you. I'll just look away. That bitterness in all of our hearts, the oppression of the world around us and all that it has done to us, through all of it, from that first moment to this moment, right now, today, Mother's Day 2018, God has been with you and you have survived through all of it. He is constantly helping you and I come to life. The psalmist is not saying, I am so glad that my parents made me, even though he probably knows that's part of the equation. He says, you knit me together. You wove me together. And he says, in my mother's womb, this is where you built me, God. My friends, you guys here today, it is my great hope as your pastor that you would go from here with an image of mother, this understanding the symbol of motherhood in a new way, and it would be radically overhauled from, from the different emotional sort of memory-based, the different experiential things that cause us to have impressions about our mom or motherhood, to actually think about it in a bigger perspective symbolically and say, wow, this whole picture of God joining himself to humanity, it's unbelievable. I want us to think of that symbol as, as a symbol and I said in the beginning, I don't think you're going to get a symbol anywhere in the world that's a clearer, more beautiful picture of God participating with human beings. And I think that that symbol instructs all of us, whether we're moms or not. It guides us into a deeper reflection about church life. Paul says in one place, if you are in Christ, if you're a Christian, you're in Christ, then you are a new creation. What is old has passed away, look at what is new has come, says Paul, and all of these things are from God who 
reconciled us to himself through Christ. That's why I can say God is with you. Because of Christ, the separation we felt from God because of our sin has been brought back together. We can be one with God again. So he says, you're a new creation. You've been reconciled because of Christ. And now Christ has given us the ministry of reconciliation. We now as a church body are the place where God's divine life engages with us, a human body, to bring about new life, a ministry of reconciliation, a ministry of helping human beings recognize that they are beloved by God and one with him and were always intended to be that way. The church becomes the place where God's divine work and human work join together in creating new life. Just as it is with the mother's body to create new life, he's working with you and I in this church body to bring about new life, to show other human beings what it means to be born again. What is a mother? She's a human being that God participates with to create life. Dad is not neglected in this. We understand that. Dad is part of the equation. Dad is enmeshed into the same project of creating new life. There's no doubt about it. And yet God has raised women to a place of authority and power when it comes to knowing how to create new life. I think we have to just own that, men. We don't know what that's about, and our women do. I think perhaps this is why wisdom in the Bible is consistently personified as a woman, as a female. Perhaps this is why the church is seen as the bride of Christ, as I've mentioned already. I'm just playing with words here a little bit, but there's, there's some images here to really think deeply about. The image of motherhood is profound. We are working with God in our factories and schools, in our retirement homes, wherever we are, in the heights of our career or just getting started, we are always participating with God to bring about new life wherever we are. My prayer for you this morning is that you would be strengthened and encouraged by knowing that God was with you he has always been with you, and he is with you today. He will always be with you forever. You're not alone. My prayer for you mothers this morning, you moms, is that you would see yourselves as glorious, infinitely powerful human beings, chosen above all of the rest of creation, literally above all of it, every part of creation, you were chosen to be a symbol of God's participating with humanity to bring about new life. My prayer for us as a church is that this deep mystery would hit our soul and it would change us. So we become a body of believers who welcome all, all people. We welcome them to be woven together with divinity. And I think that with God, we will create 
we will create new life. We're not creating it. I understand that. And yet we're participating with God who does the creating. We can create, we can protect, we can nurture and grow new life. It's a beautiful picture, isn't it? All right, let's leave it there for today. I love you deeply. Please pray with me. Jesus, thank you for loving us in a, in a way that we probably never will. I think it's fair to say your love is so infinitely great. We're only just starting to get glimpses of how deep it is. Thanks for loving us more than we know. Thank you for creating us. Thank you for beginning a good work in us and then promising that you would see it through to completion, to make us whole, to integrate our lives together with ourselves and with one another, and most of all, Father, Son, and Spirit, with you. We started out one with you. You built us out of your great love. That's where we want to be forever. Thank you for being so good to us. Thank you for the symbol of motherhood. Amen. We desire to be formed by the word of God in community. If you have questions about this week's sermon, we would love to hear from you. For more information about our church, please visit centralbible.church.